Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Italian stallion, Dom Rizzuto. Yes, good evening. Welcome to Splinters, the official podcast of The Bench on Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming live on the web at triplehfm.com.au. And we do this for Magpies Waitara, the action attraction of the North Shore. My name is Dom Rizzuto. It is a pleasure to be with you, ladies and gentlemen, for another fantastic edition of Splinters here. And I've got to say, I'm very excited for this one. The summer is ending, people. And you know what that means? The winter is back. And we've got another season of the beautiful game. But we're not talking EPL this week. We're talking local stuff. We're talking New South Wales. We're talking the National Premier League, both men's and women's. Division 2, Division 1, I can't wait to get stuck in. Plenty on the agenda for local football this season. We'll be getting right into it. And, of course, when I say we, we're talking about the godfather of football himself, the National Premier League guru of the Northern Beaches, Anthony the Ball Caruso. Good evening, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you with me. It's a pleasure to be here, Dom. Good evening to you and good evening to everyone here. Now, um, this is the thing. Now, you're calling yourself a bit of a striker for today. You need someone to provide goal assists, and for some reason you've ended up with a goalkeeper. Well, look, you know, at the end of the day, there's been many Premier League seasons that are, and you know, that have been won on defence and, and clean sheets, Caruso, so you need a safe pair of hands to uh, steady the ship every now and then. Yeah, you're asking a lot, I think, so. <laughs> well, look, we've got plenty to get through today. We, we're less from ours. We've got plenty to get through. There's so much to talk about from over both seasons. We've, I've got so much for the women's to talk about as well. We've got so much for the men's to get through. But we're going to get stuck right into this. We're going to get straight into MPL 2. And Anthony, here on Splinters, we don't do things uh, poorly. We get in the best of the best. We bring in the real big guns. And tonight, we've got one of those. Well, we've got two of them. And one of them will be joining us a little bit later on. But to start off to talk about um, New South Wales MPL 2, the recent transfer to the Rodalmy Lions, Luke Grimer. Luke, good evening to you. Gents, how are you going? I don't know about that... uh that intro, but uh, thanks for having me. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pleasure to have you, mate. Not my boy. It's, it's an exciting time with MPL in general, and we'll be bringing it up with our other guests later on, but um, certainly the exposure that MPL has had with the uh, with the introduction of the FFA Cup. I mean, the, the FFA has come to a lot of stick recently, but it has to be said, the FFA Cup has been probably its crowning achievement, especially with how much exposure it's given to the MPL competition. Yeah, for sure, I think so. And I think the FFA has had some tough times of late, but uh, with the FFA Cup, they've probably got it uh, as close to, to perfect as they as they could have. And it's uh, it's really showcased how, uh, I think how close some of our sort of top teams, New South Wales and Victoria in particular, how close they are to uh, sort of the bottom of the bottom of the table A-League teams. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great success so far, I think in particular for the NPL. Well, let's get straight into uh, to NPL. And obviously, one of the the first big talking point we've got, Dom, has been the downward spiral of a once famous club, one that Luke has actually been connected with. Yeah, Luke, tell us a little bit about uh, your, you know, your old club, Parramatta Melita Eagles. You know, they are once a very proud club in New South Wales, but hasn't really gone their way in the last few seasons, what's what's been the main catalyst there to the downfall? Is it is it the domination of perhaps the of rugby league in the Parramatta region now, or is it perhaps you know not as much you know now that it football spread and communities around that Parramatta region are getting stronger in terms of population? Is there what's what's to it there? Mate, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for the. For me to answer, yeah, it's um, I'd had some some really good times there, and yeah, we you know we're always you know we're never getting close to winning the competition when we're in the PL one, but 
you know, at a particular point in time, we were doing pretty well. Where you know we were mid-table, we were we were safe, and then yeah, things just didn't uh, didn't go our way. I'm not sure, you know, if it was a, a club thing or a coaching thing, a players thing. Sort of, you know, I'm sure everyone's got their their own opinions. But yeah, for me, it's sort of hard to say. But yeah, it wasn't obviously great the way it ended there with the clubs getting relegated, um, and then obviously last year suffering double relegation to feel free. What's going to be what's going to be fascinating now is seeing how Parramatta reforms itself. It's going to have to base it a lot off the juniors since there's going to be a mass exodus there. We know that there's a good catchment, but how important is it for them to almost, I guess, in a way, hit that um, button to blow the place up and start again? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it depends on you know, it depends on what their plan is. If they want to come straight back up, they might need to throw a bit of money around and. You know, attract players in the short term to focus on you know, their seniors to get them promoted. But obviously, long term, long term, there always needs to be that plan with their, with their juniors, with their youth um, coming through to you know provide stability and keep you know keep a club like that at you know at MPL two or MPL one level. You know, so relegations like that aren't happening. Obviously, it's disappointing to see Parramatta drop down, but in, obviously with the relegation system, in comes a new side, the St George City coming up this year into MBL two. Basically, a very exciting combination now with them coming through, and obviously you've seen a lot with the especially with the the Sydney games in particular, and the A League going down to the St George Reason playing out of Cogra. You know, it's a, it's a big area now. Football's becoming very popular. Do you, do you see that sort of trans, transferring into the NPL two with this new side? Possibly, mate. I don't, I don't know too much about them. From what I from what I sort of saw last last season and, and sort of limited knowledge on them, I think they they look like they'll be a competitive side. I think they'll make the league a little bit stronger. But yeah, I think all around, I think it's a good one. It's a good one for MPL too, yeah. Now let's talk about the team that's uh, that's gone up, and it's of course the team that you've uh, the club that you've been associated with in the past, the Mount Druitt Town Rangers. They had a very tight race with the Central Coast Mariners uh, for promotion, and they got there in the end. This is a team. I think, if I remember rightly, this is the first time that uh, Mount Druitt Town will compete in NPL one since the competition's formation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, what was it about uh, Mount Druitt Town that you that you did enjoy so much during your season there? Mate, we had uh, we had an unbelievable bunch of uh, bunch of players, very talented first and foremostly. Um, but I think the thing that that got us over the line was we had a really strong group of uh, group of players that got along well with each other. Change room was always a very harmonious place, and everyone was really good friends off the pitch too. And made yeah, everyone fought for each other. Everyone got along well, and, and I think it's a good recipe for success on the pitch. That you know that was at a first grade level, and then. Um, and the the twenties and the eighteen strengthened throughout the year. They got better and better. And you know, at that you know at that particular level, it's a club championship thing. So everyone needs to pull their weight. And yeah, collectively, you know, the guys there did a the guys that were running the show. They did a great job in in getting it over the line. Yeah. Finishing finishing the season, conceding just twenty six goals in twenty six matches. Uh, they took the first grade title by whopping sixteen points. You know, there, there is a big step up into the MPL one. Do you think this site can handle it, or do you think it'll be a bit too much? Mate, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting one. I've got a lot of friends still there, and I'm sort of still keeping in touch with them. And mate, I'm very eager to see how they go. I, I really do hope that they do well, and you know, first and foremostly survive. They've, from what I understand, they've strengthened, you know, really in the top third. So I think they'll score goals. You know, defensively, I'm not sure, you know, how strong they'll be. But, you know, when a team like Bonnery gets relegated, I think it speaks, it speaks to how difficult it will be for them next season. But, um, 
I mean, I think, you know, particularly that they'll be able to score goals, you know, hopefully that they'll be all right. Well, quick mention, of course, with Bonnie Rig is that their first grade team was actually somewhat competitive up until the last couple of matches where they suffered very heavy defeats against RPL Leichhardt and then Manly United, which, of course, signed off by that amazing hat-trick from the retiring hero in Dylan McAllister. The White Eagles are going to look to rebuild. There's been a bit of a player drain from what we understand to uh, Marconi, but I think there's plenty of strength in uh, in Bonnie Rig to probably prevent the double relegation occurring. Yeah, for sure. Bonnie Rig will be, uh, yeah, there'll be nowhere near. There'll be nowhere near that uh, relegation zone for sure. If anything, it'll be the complete opposite. I expect them to be right up there challenging for that top spot in the first grade table and, and club championship too. Hey, well, well, moving on to the, like another team a bit further outside of uh, the, the Sydney Siders, but uh, the Mounties Wanderers, they'll be playing well, before force again this year in particular. Do you see them, you know, up there with the best again or do you think maybe they'll miss out once more? Nah, for sure they're up there with the best. I think, you know, them along with with um, Bonnerig and, and maybe St George, St George Saints, I think they're probably the favourites. Um, from what I understand, Mounties have strengthened big time, some big names. They've still got the Romero yeah. brothers there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and they've, and they've obviously retained a lot of their core core team. Um, they got them to the, to the final and, and, you know, Last season, so I think, you know, and uh, yeah. Like I said, they're strengthening big time, so I think, you know, they'll be one of the favourites for sure. Let's talk about uh, your club, of course, the, the surprise package uh, last year, the Right On Me Lions, um, a very sm- a small club for all things considered, came up from MPL 3, one stage running fourth, just missed out on the finals, but only by a win, but... They fired a lot of warning shots for the rest of the competition, and they, it can only improve, improve further for the Lions. Yeah, for sure. I think credit, you know, credit to to the guys there in management and in coaching, you know, running the club overall. They've done a you know unreal job considering you know, where they were not too long ago and you know, how quickly they've risen through the ranks. And you know, first year in MPL two, you know, they're they're right amongst it. For, for a final shout so you know I can only really speak of you know this season and, and you know the rhetoric the rhetoric coming from the club management you know the coaching staff Chris Camilleri and, and his team you know it's Camel's first year there as, as the first grade coach and mate, so far it's been it's been really good everything's been done properly professionally so and, re, and it was just uh, actually mate it was just uh, announced I think last week or the week before that they've got a government grant to build upgrade stadium facilities synthetic synthetic pitch um, and then uh, they've got a license to a bowling club um, I understand as well they're just which is on the same premises so mate there's big things big things on the on the horizon for the club definitely pushing in the right direction on and off the field and for me personally like yeah really excited for the year and I think you know I, think, I honestly think that the the, the clock's going places, yeah. Just to wrap up, mate, this season, MPL 2, it looks like it's going to be really competitive. Many teams look pretty much very similar on paper. Is, is that the is that the case on the field as well? I think so. I sort of alluded to it before. I think there's probably three teams being Bonnerig, Mounties and, and St George Saints that I think, you know, they'll be very strong, probably the favourites. But then, you know, the funny thing is, you know, you throw in... You never know what you're going to get from the Wanderers by way of, um, and the Mariners as well, by way of, you know, youth players coming through. They sort of, you know, rotate their players based on age, and you never know how good they're going to be. You know, so you throw them into the mix, and then, you know, I think we'll be in the mix as well. Northern Tigers are always strong. A couple of other, yeah, Hills are always, you know, there's always the clubs that are just, you know, around, and I think they've strengthened. So, mate, I agree. I think it's going to be very competitive, and 
you just never know. Particularly at this level, I just think you never know until you sort of get really close to the end. Well, Luke, thank you very much for joining us. We wish you the very best for your season. Thanks, gentlemen. Pleasure. That was Luke Grimer on the phone with us. A big thanks to him joining us from the Rydalmere Lions talking all things MPL 2. But we're going to get stuck right now into MPL 1 with our second star player on the line, Anthony Caruso. I feel like uh, this man needs no introduction considering we've had him on our show once before. We did have him on our show once before. He, he, has, he is jokingly referred to as the Armenian Messi. He is probably the best player to have not earned an A-League contract. But this is probably speaking in our humble opinion. We've seen him play at Chroma Park. Absolutely br- brilliant player. Brendan Shalakian, good evening to you. Good evening, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, thanks for the kind words. Um, I think you're, you're pumping up my tires a little bit there, but really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that's about all I'm useful for, um, really. So um, you've seen me play, and that's, you know, I'm probably more useful as a grease monkey more than anything else. So no, now, not at all. But before we do get started, I think we do need to say congratulations on your uh, on your recent proposal as well. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, only a couple of weeks as a, as a fiancé, um, but really happy to, to pop the question to, to my girlfriend and now fiancé and really excited for the things to come. Looking forward to it. And I can tell you now from personal experience, this is going to be, it's going to be a really fun time. But uh, don't be surprised if um, if the odd bridezilla moment comes on. And believe me, having um, having gone through it, it, it does happen. So oh, mate, yeah, no, look, you've got to take it all in your stride. And um, but we're looking forward to the exciting times. I'm sure. Well, let's get straight into it, Dom. Yeah, shall we? Straight now, let's take a little bit of the weight off the shoulders and talk all things football. Of course, the National Premier League is only a few weeks away now before the season starts. There's been plenty of changes at the top of the show. We mentioned the likes of Bonnie Rig being relegated and being replaced by the Mount Druitt Town Rangers, but of Let's talk about the big guns first, Brendan, because that's what we want to talk about. Teams like Arpia, like Sydney Olympic, and then your boys Manly as well. How, how do you see it faring the start of this season? This year's probably the hardest to tell, um, to predict who's going to come out uh, of the gates firing, just because there's been so many changes, you know, with some transfers and things like that. Um, look, I'm sure you're going to get the, your usual candidates like your, your Arpias and your Olympics and, um, you know, Blacktown, even though they've lost a fair few, they always seem to put together a pretty strong squad and you know Mark only have thrown around some pretty big cash as well so I'm sure they'll be fairly competitive. Well let's go to um, let's go to one of those teams we mentioned um, Apia Leichhardt who uh, really last year brought NPL 1 to the forefront the, the, we knew about the quality that they had especially up front with the likes of um, Jordan Murray and uh, Tosuki Sakia. Murray has since been signed on by the Central Coast Mariners but Sakia uh, played a starring role in probably the biggest cup set that we've seen in FA FFA Cup history. Yeah, yeah, look, you've been fantastic for them over the past couple of years, you know, fantastic little player. Um, He's a big loss for them this year. I think he's signed somewhere in Victoria, if I'm not wrong. Um, I've heard that, yes. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic player and he's a a loss to the league um, because he's always, you know, great to play against, great to watch. Um, Obviously, Murray as well, uh, thoroughly deserved an A-League gig when he banging away that many goals. Um, It's it's great to see him getting a gig. Um, If if the Mariners are listening, any chance of playing him up front so he can actually play his position and and show what he can do, that would be nice, but um, at least he's getting out there at the moment. Talking about that cup upset, you know, obviously that sort of goes back to your point about the season being so competitive this year. Is there, you're obviously there, you're playing it, your season through season. Do you feel that every year there's a slight improvement in the competition? Yeah, certainly. Um, and pretty clear indicator is the amount of you know A League boys uh, that, 
that don't get an A League gig tend to come straight back to our competition. And and whilst they're you know they they compete well, um, it's not like they're they're standing head and head and shoulders above everyone else. It's it's a very competitive league. It's it's a difficult league to play. In. Um, you know if you watch some A League games and you come watch ours, sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference. Uh, and that's obviously proven by the amount of uh, NPL teams that have done well against A League teams in, in the cups. Um, and like like you said, it's it's getting stronger each year. And that's shown by how, how far the NPL teams are going in FFA Cups. Let's for the rest of the league. I mean, there's one thing we do want to mention is that Sydney United 58. We noticed a couple of years ago when Mark Rudin um, left the uh, coaching gig, how much they struggled. He came back, the form came back, but the Mark Rudin building himself up with Sydney United now coaching at Wellington, uh, and people were talking about how he should have had an A League gig for years, um, showing what he was able to do with Sydney United. Yeah, it's um, look, it's good to see him, him get a gig in the A League. As you said, he, he did well with Sydney United on a number of occasions. Um, and, you know, I always believe that if, if someone's doing well in uh, what's regarded as the, the step below A-League, um, why not uh, should they be given a chance? So it's, and it's, it's kind of proven it. He's, he's turned things around at Wellington and he's, uh, he's doing a pretty good job with them uh, considering the squad he inherited. So, yeah, look, it's great to see coaches and players given the opportunity, you know, if they're working hard enough and they're, you know, they're, they're standing out in, in the what's regarded as the second tier competition, um, it's a no-brainer for them to be given an opportunity to show themselves in, in the top tier. Plenty of goals scored last season, Brendan. You had the partnership of Jordan Murray and Tezuka Sekia, both scoring well, 23 and 15 goals respectively. Across the board, you had an Alessandro Sanchez-Lopez, he scored 21 goals. Plenty of goals amongst the, all the teams and plenty of top strikers. Are we going to see the same again this year, or do we think we might revert back to a potentially a more, let's say, a defensive season? It's always hard to say. There's, there tends to be always a couple of players that have a breakout year. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, there's always good quality coming in and out of our competition. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone else steps up to the plate this year and has a great season and he's, he's banging out some of the goals. Obviously, you know, Sanchez um, was money. He's coming from, he came from a good competition and he was always going to score those amount of goals. And like I said, there's, there's probably someone who may be going under the radar or it could be a usual candidate that could come out and, and have a really good season and, and bang out those goals. And, and our competition is, is full of exciting football. And whilst you can get tight games, you can also get some, some goal fests. So I, I expect someone to be getting around those numbers, maybe not as high as a, a Mario or Sanchez last year, but um, I'd expect something around that from someone. Well, that- one of the great things we've seen with MPL One now is the number of players coming back from A League or international experience to to really ply their trade with guys coming through the system. And yeah, you know, there's six players I want to to make note of. In, uh, well, seven players I want to make note of in particular for this. One of them, which hits very close to home, is of course um, the recently retired Dylan McAllister, who was instrumental for Manly United winning the 2017 MPL Grand Final. But then you had the likes of Scott Chipperfield. Michael Beecham, Joey Gibbs, Max Burgess, uh, and two ec- rather excellent goalkeepers in Ivan Nasevsky and Ante Milicic. Yeah, yeah, look, just, it's, it's, it's a credit to the league that players like that are, are coming down and, and playing in our competition. And, and trust me, if it wasn't a good enough competition, they wouldn't be doing it. They wouldn't be wasting their time. So um, it's good that they're doing it. Um, it increases the standard in our league. Uh, it increases the attention of people wanting to come watch. And then people then just start recognising other players in the league um, when they come down to watch an ex-A league player, an ex-international, whatever it may be. They think, oh, hang on, there's another guy there that's actually 
quite good. Um, who hasn't been at the level yet? So it's it's look, it's great attention. It's great for the league, and it's if we can continue that sort of cycle, it's it's only going to do better for the league. Talking about, well, I want to talk about something that I think is quite a hot topic in in Australian football at the moment. It's the idea of uh, promotion and relegation from the A League down. As a player, do you see it getting as a something that's still quite a far away goal, or do you reckon it might happen sooner rather than later? Oh man, it's almost impossible to tell with Australian football these days, isn't it? Um, look, it's it's something that should happen. Um, it's quite obvious because we see it when it hits halfway point in the A League season, and Rams are holding the wooden wooden spoon already. Um, there's no incentive for them to to try and get players in to improve their situation. There's no incentive for them to try and you know lift their standard to to improve because they know that there's there's no further to go. Um, so I think it's something that is absolutely crucial. Um, you know that the people running the show are obviously going to come back and say logistically it won't work, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if they want if they want it for the benefit of the game and to improve the, the standard here in Australia, uh, it's something they really should be striving for. Now, we've heard rumours that it could be a couple of years away, but, um, you know, there's, there's no real indication that it, it, it's going to be. Um, like I said, I, I hope it is. Um, but it, it's really hard to tell. But I think it's certainly needed. It's a difficult question to answer. But but how would you how would you run it? Obviously, it's a bit difficult here in Australia because obviously you got the you got the MPL here in New South Wales, and then obviously you got the Victorian League, and then different leagues are, are sort of around the country. Travel obviously comes into that as a big factor. It's not like quite like places in Europe where. You jump on a bus and you're in another country inside 15 yeah. minutes. It's different here. How would how would you do it? How would you how would you set it up? Would you potentially have like a playoff between the the top side of each uh, state state division or perhaps? Yeah, I think I think I think a playoff sounds uh, like a, a good idea as a starting point. You know, as you said, it's it's not easy to all of a sudden introduce a whole bunch of teams um, because the response is going to be there's probably not enough money going around to support that but I think a playoff system would work wonders you know the, the top couple of teams from each state go into a competition um, you know Champions League format or whatever it may be and, and the team that comes out on top can, can be promoted to A-League uh, but obviously the teams that do enter in that competition have to have the funding and the infrastructure to, uh, to support that um, the good thing about being at a club like Manly is, is obviously we have that um, so that's why I, I, I encourage the idea because we've worked hard to build the infrastructure and, and the facilities to, to support a, a situation like that but uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case for every single uh, club that is, that enters in that playoff situation. Let's talk about Manly very quickly. Always had a an absolute conga line of talented juniors coming through the system. Um, this year is going to be no different. Um, you've missed, I think, to a certain extent, I would say Manly you certainly missed your midfield sparring partner in uh, Dayan Pandarovic. But um, there is certainly no lack of talent coming through the younger ages. Yeah, certainly Manly have always been. You know, breeding ground for, for good talent. Um, like I said, with the um, the facilities that we have and the infrastructure and and the you know the knowledge of how we want our our juniors to play football. But, you know, you're always going to get uh, great technical players out of that, um, and it's it's great to see. Um, I mean, you mentioned you know Dan has been with the club for a long time. Key example. We've also got some really good youngest youngsters that are coming through um, that I'm sure you'll start hearing names of as the years go on. Um, you know, some some are like the likes of Joey Gibbs as well, who, who's at Black at the moment but it was, a, it was an early junior um, and, and the list kind of goes on um, but like I said it's it's just important that um, you know this 
this kind of um, method is, is, is taken up in a lot of different clubs where they're encouraging positive football, they're encouraging kids to, to get out on the pitch and, and express themselves and, and, and play the right way. And if you're doing that, you're always going to produce the, the best players possible. It's just obviously down to the, the people at the head of those clubs to make sure that they're picking the, the best players available. Well, Brendan, we want to thank you for joining us here on Splinters and we wish you the very best of luck for the season ahead. Thanks, I really appreciate it. See you guys. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank that you. is Brendan Shalakian from Manly United Talk NPL 1. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking uh, women's NPL 2 and NPL 1 right here on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Yes, good to have you back, everyone. This is Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. .triplehfm.com.au My name's Dom Rizzuto. I'm here with the godfather, Avi the Ball Caruso, talking all things National Premier League. Coming up in a, only a few weeks' time, we've just had two fantastic guests talking all things on the men's side of the draw. But now we're going to get stuck into the women's side of things in this second half. And Caruso, it's always a great thing to get to, to, to talk about because the women's game... Especially in Australia, it's so it's growing so fast. It's probably still the fastest growing female sport in the country. I haven't got the stats on me right now, but it's it's a really big sport. You've seen that with the likes of the with the with the national team and now with the national Premier League as well. Uh, an exciting year ahead in 2019. Absolutely, and uh, we almost had a guest joining us for this one as well. It would have been a, a great collective, but unfortunately, Chloe O'Brien is over in the States and is unable to reach us. But um, <laughs> Well, look, if I had a choice, it would. Uh, I think I'd choose that over, over us any day. Well, uh, we, we, she's a great fan of the show. She's great fun to have around, as we, we've had her on the uh, on before. So uh, we wish her all the best, and we hope that she's got the spirit of Shannon Noll while she's over there as well. <laughs> I'll never forget that, Chloe. I'm sure I uh, enjoy your holiday if you ever end up listening into this. Um, let's talk, let's get straight into it. 12-team competition this year in the MPL 2. Um, you know, but there's only been one change, Caruso, with Sydney Olympic coming out and Sutherland Shire. Oh, sorry, Sydney Olympic coming in, apologies, and Sutherland Shire going out. Yeah, so Sydney, um, Sydney Olympic stormed to the top of the ladder last year. A record of 21-1 and from their 22 matches, but it was their attack that got them over the line last year to get them promotion to NPL 1. Yeah, scoring a hundred goals for the season. That's four point six goal, four point six goals a match. People listening, and that's an incredible strike force. They took out the premiership by seven points in the end, topping the Central Coast Mariners, who came in in a very impressive run up, which was which had a top five. It was rounded out by uh, the SD Raiders, Arpia Leichhardt, and the Nepean F Nepean, excuse me, F. See, who just edged up Glazeville Ravens. Now, the big talking point for the competition uh, was young Candace Fellina from the from the Central Coast Mariners who scored an incredible 44 goals, and that's out of the 94 that was scored by the Mariners. So 50 goals scored amongst the, re- amongst the rest of the competition. And, of course, as we know, the way that the Central Coast Mariners operates is that their academies are often aged academies. So uh, as with the men's, their open team is actually their – under 20s. Yep. Their under 20s is actually their under 18s. And their under 18s is actually their under 17s. So uh, it's a similar thing with the Central Coast Mariners in the women's, although they do have a few more all age women players. And that's because, of course, the Central Coast Mariners don't actually compete in the W League. Well, this year in particular, the Central Coast Mariners won't have to compete with Sydney Olympic, obviously. So they'll be red hot favourites to go up this coming season. 
They're obviously up there, but there's plenty of sides in particular that will fancy themselves a chance as well, Caruso. Well, let's go through some of those other players then as well, because, of course, Sydney Olympic, um, well, the Mariners won't have to worry about Liek Beaver from the Sydney Olympic, who scored 41 of those 100 goals for Olympic. Uh, and the other five strike, the other strikers to watch out for from the competition last year, Cassidy Chigdi from the SD, the Southern District Raiders, 21 goals. A tie for fourth then between Madeline Costanzo at Olympic and Stephanie Travado at Nepean FC, both on 18 goals. But we've got so many goals that were scored from the top four clubs. How on earth did Nepean make the top five? Well, with the second best defence, Caruso, that's what they that's what it did, and we spoke about this at the top of the top of the show with your safe hands. But defences get results at the end of the day. Clean sheets. If you can, all you have to do is pick up a point here and there. Conceding only twenty five goals from their twenty two games, one behind Sydney Olympic. That outstanding performance. Uh, it, uh, performances have helped them help them seal a fourth place finish um, for the Penrith Space Club, and especially considering they don't have the resources like the other top five sides do. And you ought to take consider as well for the PNFC. There, there is it's Penrith is not exactly the strongest football breeding ground either. The the big breeding ground tends to be more eastbound of them, starting from about Blacktown and all the way out through to well, the eastern suburbs. You only have to look at the recent game that the that the uh, the Australian national side played at Penrith Stadium against Chile and the crowd that it drew for that game in particular. it's I think it's a lot bigger than what people give it credit for. The 17,000. The drive for football in the Penrith region. You know, I think rugby league for a long time has obviously dominated, but with the certain movements and the and the immig- and immigration of certain of certain sort of ethnicities that are, are born on football moving to Penrith now, it's a huge city, almost a city now. Penrith, you could consider it. You know, it's it's growing and it's growing fast, and you can see that with how the how fast the PN is growing and and the results show. Now, Sydney Olympic, of course, went on to do the double. They beat Central Coast Mariners in the final 3-1. And while Leah Beveres scored again, it was Lily Chen who stole the show. Yeah, an impressive double to seal the win. Capped off a big season, not just for her, but obviously for the club as well. Um, you know, for the big for the side from, you know, team from Belmore. They were incredible all year. You know, there's not really much else to say about them. You know, there's, too many, there's not enough superlative to describe their season at the end of the day. Um, they've gone through, but of course we welcome a new side this year. The Sutherland Shire Sharks, we mentioned at the top of the show, had a horrible season in the NPL one last year, ending with just one win on to their name, five points in the main competition. Their defence wasn't dreadful, but it wasn't great. They conceded 93 goals. That's average of three a game. It was the, obviously, their attack was was less to be said about that. It was pretty. It was pretty toothless. Only scored twelve goals all season. Toothless, considering we're talking about the Sharks as well. It's a very unusual that. But uh, it's going to be a major rebuilding year for the Sharks. They're on a lookout for new strikers, and they're going to be looking to rebuild. But given the strength of some of the teams shaping up for the Premiership this year, especially the Central Coast Mariners, some of the big NPL clubs starting to put resources into improving their squad. Word is. Marconi and Arpia Leichhardt are taking this, starting to take this competition seriously. It's, it's definitely a, it's definitely been thrown around those words for a very long time. Marconi, in particular, I've heard uh, start, you know, they they dwindled not just in the in the in the women's draw, but in the men's draw for quite a number of years now. They haven't been the side that they that they once were the old Marconi Stallions. But I've, I even I've heard through the grapevine that they are, you know, they're a big club with a big backing. They are starting to uh, you know starting to make it rain as they say, and really start to, as you said, take these competitions 
Nations race series. Well, I mean, this is this is bad news for Sutherland, who are trying to rebuild, and quite honestly, I do not see them coming back up next year no, to NPL one. Look, it's going to be really tough, and you know, if you've got, you know, like you said, we've got some really big sides like the Central Coast Mariners, who will only arguably be better than last season, and you've got those two big clubs in Marconi and Leichhardt, really throwing some money around, and you know. Trying to bring in the best of the best, building big squads is going to be tough for the for the Shire Bay side. But will they be up there still? You know, it's a big drop from MPL two to MPL one in the women's, probably more so than it is in the men's. Yeah, you know, potentially they 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 will thrive in this in this new division and perhaps have a maybe not come straight back up, but have a decent season where they find themselves in third or fourth, maybe fifth, where they can just settle things down and then rebuild from there. So who are we going to be looking out for? Let's start off with the Mariners. Yeah, look, it's going to be a lot tighter compared to last year, obviously, with uh, with Sydney Olympic now in the, the MPL1 and Sutherland coming back. Obviously, they'll be looking to earn promotion, as we said before. They'll provide a, a decent challenge at the, at the end of the day, regardless. Obviously, the Mariners, as we've mentioned, will be really good. Candice Phelan will feature again, but surely support of Iona Snape and Jordan Evans to continue that fearsome attack up front. But from the rest of the competition, look, the next most likely obviously Southern District Raiders. They had a pretty good season last year. Uh, we mentioned Cassidy Cheeky before, but she had but she had great support from Logan Girard and Samantha Nagy. So look, really tough to, to pick where this is going to go this season, much like we mentioned in the men's draw as well. Uh, for Apia Leichhardt, you know, Ashley Palombi, Christina Ferreira and Elena Vatke, but don't be surprised if the hardworking Lucy Gilfetter features as well. And finally, Marconi, look, is the rise in the men's and the women's, uh, you know, it's going to be led by Jessica Beale um, and Delza, Delza Howard and Hannah Volada. You know, it's it's going to be really tough to pick. Look, you, you think in Central Coast Mariners after the season that they had, but with more sides taking more interest in this competition and wanting to get back into that MPL one, it's going to be tough. It's going to be competitive. Well, with that, we'll go straight into women's NPL one. And as we mentioned before, uh, the change in teams for this year is Sydney Olympic really coming in to replace Sutherland Shine to a competition. Really looks like it has two tiers. Yeah, it does. It's probably I think we've seen that for a couple of seasons now, haven't we? Where there's there's a it's a big big cutoff point between the halfway the top half and the bottom half of the table Absolutely. for most season. As we mentioned at the top, Sydney Olympic are coming in. They're replacing Sutherland Shire in the competition. But, you know, again, Caruso, I see those usual suspects being there again. Sydney University, MacArthur Rams, Manly United, the Football New South Wales Institute, the Illawarra Stingrays, who were really the surprise package last year. Um, but then there was the fairy tale story of the Northwest Sydney Koalas. Yeah, exactly right. There's plenty of teams up there once again, but let's let's talk about let's go off topic a little bit. Let's talk about the MacArthur Rams. Obviously, been given that A League expansion for 2021. Absolutely. What does that mean for the women's side, though? You know, with the W League now, are they going to get themselves a W League side when they when they go in? Does what does that mean for them in this particular competition? Well, the challenge they've got at the moment is that a lot of the players that they've got in that team have. XW League experience with the Wanderers. And they're just all playing together at MacArthur Rams. And for the rumors I've heard, they hardly train as well. They just, they all play together. They've all come from the original couple of years in the W League, and they just all happen to play together at MacArthur. With this new um, expansion team that's going to be coming in, and with Canberra United continuing to be um, ever present, you know, it could have a big squeeze on the Rams for the future. Do you think it would be beneficial or, or a disadvantage? I think it's going to be a disadvantage because I think it's going to um, put the squeeze on, the, um, on their players coming through. They may get resources 
they may get resources, but don't be surprised if the fact that the Southwest catchment are now going to be funneling players into two clubs plus uh, leftovers or, dare I say, genuinely talented players getting poached by the Sydney FC or by Canberra United down the road. Let's talk about the Northwest Sydney Koalas, um, uh, uh, local to us, obviously. They had the, the famous uh, six-game winning streak last season where they went from ninth to within two points of making the finals. They made a mid-season acquisition of a friend of the bench, Emma Stanbury, um, which provided a, a massive catalyst for for their run. What are what do you see as their proposition or their in their position going forward in 2019? Well, they'll consider themselves incredibly un, un, unfortunate that they did not make the finals last year. Um, two points behind um, Football New South Wales Institute from making it. Uh, I do believe that there was a move in place to try and bring Princess Abini across from Football New South Wales to the Northwest Sydney Koalas. Whether that happens remains to be seen. Uh, but certainly she would be a fantastic pickup for the uh, for the koalas themselves. They built a team on a hard-working and fast-moving midfield, um, so they will need to continue that. But certainly they gave the top six, the top five teams, an absolute fright towards the end of the year. Let's talk about those top five sides. Sydney University winners of the premiership last season. A big congratulations to them ahead of Illawarra. While MacArthur did it the hard way to, and then eventually to win in the finals, they beat Sydney University 4-3 in extra time after Kate Hensman scored the match winner. How do you see those three or four sides that I've just mentioned? Do you see them again battling it out, or do we potentially see a new side challenge like the Northwest Koalas and Sydney Olympic? I, I don't see Sydney Olympic quite having the talent to be able to step up. I don't see any team from outside the top six um, being able to have the talent to be able to compete with them at this stage. And the reason why is because you've got the combination of good finances and a well-run club. Now, MacArthur, Manly, um, and now Illawarra Northwest Sydney, they've got a very strong uh, women's program that are bringing players through. And the Football New South Wales Institute, of course, that are uh, located out at Valentine Sports Park in, um, I think it's in Kellyville. And it's it's a great breeding ground for for the uh, for the clubs itself. So the challenge they've got for a team to be able to break it in is to really crack through those established clubs. And at this stage, I really don't see anyone coming through. Let's talk about uh, one that's uh, you know sort of close to us. Obviously, we mentioned a, a few of the players previously. Let's talk about Manly. You know, a champion a couple of seasons ago, still very strong, but they do lose Remy Simerson. Picked up a contract to play in the US. Big congratulations! What a talent! What a talent she is! Obviously, a young Matilda and a Sydney FC striker has outgrown the has outgrown the New South Wales MPL one. Um, she topped the goal scoring shots when she was when she especially in a twelve nil drumming that they gave the Blacktown Spartans, where she scored half the goals at six in one match. For those who are bad at maths like I am, they'll miss her dearly this this manly side. They they will, and you know Chloe was given a very hard task to try and step into those shoes. Sophie Harding was uh, there or thereabouts. There's one player I've been hammering on how she's not in that team, and it's um, Gemma Van Weeren, uh, our good friend Gemma Van Percy, we should be saying. And uh, if if Jimmy Jimmy Van Weeren is happening to listening to listen in. How does it feel to be nutmegged by your own wife? But, you know, Remy Simpson, you know, I got to watch a couple of the games at Corona Park. What a talent she was. Yeah, 
incredible talent. Obviously, she'll, with the departure of, of Remy, she'll, she'll find herself with a chance of getting in there, uh, in that side in particular. Uh, how do you see them faring this year, though? Obviously, those four sides we mentioned before are extremely strong. Do you see Manly again? Maybe making a, a, a charge, a late charge, perhaps? Yeah, I, I see them being there or thereabouts again. They've still got plenty of talent all around the park. And the player that really came of age for them last year was um, the the younger sister of one of our uh, our previous guests, um, Brenda Chalakian, his younger sister, Chloe, uh, who came through in midfield, um, knows how to pull the strings, and is a very hardworking midfielder. So... Manly will be there or thereabouts. Do they quite have the quality? Without Remy being there, I don't think they quite do. I, I But I still see it being very intense. Well, obviously, we talked about the top six being very intense. Now, on the other side of the coin, as we mentioned before, being that sort of two-tier competition that we have in the NPL one for the women's, you know, it's the race of who's going to get relegated. The bottom half of this ladder, obviously, with the emerging Jets squad uh, given the guarantee that they can't be relegated. Uh, obviously, Sydney, Sydney Olympic to expect a field that's competitive, competitive but inexperienced. You know, it, it's going to really be a tough one to call between potentially the likes of Bankstown City, Northern Tigers, or the Blacktown Spartans. Uh, who are you know who are going to be trying to dodge that firing line? Well, the the, the advantage that the Blacktown Spartans have got is that they've got the leftovers from the other players from the Western Sydney Wanderers. The Northern Tigers have got the leftovers from Manly United, which has been the case for many years. Bankstown City should consider themselves very lucky that they didn't get relegated, if not for the woeful season that Sutherland had last year. So, look, I, I see Bankstown City uh, being favourites for relegation. But who knows, maybe the fact that they survived might actually help them go even further. Two posing questions that I want to ask you, Anthony. What Number one, first of all, should the Emerging Jets be in the Women's New South Wales NPL, uh, especially given that the Emerging Jets... Uh, for the men's play in the Northern New South Wales Association? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. And it's absolutely ludicrous to think that they should that they are in this competition at all. They're currently playing out of the Lake Macquarie Football Facility, which is already a fair whack up the M1, if you could imagine. And you know, talking with a couple of girls from Manly United, it's a hard enough trip as it is. Can you imagine how hard it would be for, for say, the Illawarra Stingrays? They'd have to be able. They'd have to stay overnight to play there. Second question. Should teams competing in the competition be given guarantees that they will not be relegated for poor performances? Uh, the other team then given the same guarantee is the uh, obviously is the Football New South Wales Institute. Well, the Football New South Wales Institute operates in a very similar model to Sydney FC. Uh, they do run uh, aged players throughout that um, throughout the institute there, but you know once again they should be allowed to go through promotion or relegation just like any other club. I mean, if they don't perform, then, you know, they should be put under risk for relegation. The only advantage that Football New South Wales Institute has is that uh, for a number of years now, their squad has actually been pretty competitive. Let's talk about some of the players to look out for this season. Who, who for you, in, in your mind, are going to be some... Some standout players, obviously you've got the consistent ones that are always up there, but who else potentially could upset the apple cart in terms of form this season? Well, let's go to MacArthur first off because they are they have been one of the benchmarks for a number of years now and they, they're headed up by Georgia Yeomandale, uh, who has W League experience. Uh, it's a dangerous attacking line, including Leanne Kamas, Kylie Ledbrook, 
uh, Rosaria Galea and Tiffany Patterson. Now, Georgia scored 32 goals last year. Lena scored 15, Kylie 11. So between those three players, unless I'm very much mistaken, that is 58 goals between the three of them. That's very impressive. It's, it's extremely impressive, you know, but obviously none of those girls managed to uh, pick up the top goal scorer in the end, though. Well, she was pressed hard for the golden boot by Michelle Carney, of course, the sister of former Socceroo David Carney, uh, who heads up the Illawarra attack, includes Evelyn Cronus, Erica Halloway, and Liana Dan- Daniskos. Now, this Illawarra team, who came up a couple of years ago, they've continued to improve. Um, they caused a couple of upsets two years ago. Last year really came into the forefront. It's a young team. They're getting better with age, and they're going to be hitting their peak pretty shortly. And if I was going to see any team out of outside of Sydney University, MacArthur, and Manly to win the competition, it's got to be Illawarra, and you could see them dominating for a couple of years as well. We spoke about football, New South Wales Institute, uh, uh, having the guarantee of not being relegated from from the competition, but, but I don't think they they're not particularly in fear of doing so with some of the players they have on their roster. Absolutely not. Um, and with some of the players they've got, Suzanne Fong Songkam. Uh, I don't know how I got that out to be honest. He's done very well, Matt Mears. If you're listening, one oh one. Yeah, um, Melinda Barbieri, Courtney Nash, Kira Cooney Cross, and Rachel Lowe. They do have a very formidable attack. Keeping in mind, of course, that they do rotate players regularly out of that squad. And of course, Football New South Wales two years. Ago, of course, had one Princess Sabini playing for them as well. Of course, the younger sister of um, former Sydney FC striker Bernie Abini. The pedigree, a, a pedigree, talented, talented family. What can I say? Look, look. Meanwhile, you know, obviously, we've got some. There's some very talented players across the board there that we've mentioned. But Sydney University were the side that topped the de, top the the division, and it wasn't on the back of goals. It was on the back of their incredible defence, conceding only 19 goals. Throughout the season, that from from twenty two games, which is absolutely sensational, but uh, to produce that kind of record and Caruso, do you see that happening again? I do see it happening again. Sydney University built their reputation over the last couple of years on some of the strongest um, defence in the co- in the competition. It's been noted though as well that uh, if you do press hard enough, they do crack, and in particular, they do crack with cards. So um, one of the things that they do monitor that they do monitor very closely. How hard can they push their defence to make the mistake that they start getting carded as well? So don't be surprised if teams start running hard at Sydney University to force them into um, fouls. Well, speaking of speaking of which, of running hard at sides like Sydney University, are we going to get much of the same this year in the MPL one in the women's division? Like I mentioned at the top, with the, almost what feels like a two tier league, are we going to see more of that, or are we going to see what what I think what the everyone from the neutral perspective wants to see is a resurgence from some of these other sides in the division. Oh, I see Blacktown Spartans um, struggling again this year. Uh, I, ju- I just think they have not been the club that they used to be since the 12-0 drubbing that they copped from Manly United a couple of years ago. The North Shore Mariners have had a bit of a player drain as of late, especially with players moving over to Northwest Sydney. But I do see... Northwest Sydney forcing a team out, and I'm going to stick my neck out here, and I dare say Football New South Wales or Manly United could be in the firing line, not because they're going to be playing badly, but you know, with the moment, they talk about momentum. I mean, let, let's, we talk about momentum in, in the football sense. Let's talk about, say, Leicester City when they won the Premiership. People don't realise it, but the last six games that they played in the Premiership, the year before they won it, 
I think what they won six straight. Yeah, they did to get so, themselves out of uh, being relegated and finished a very, um, very impressive fourteenth place considering where they were. Um, momentum is a big thing, and if you're carrying that much momentum to next year, it does set you up. Yeah, absolutely. Momentum, momentum is key in in all sports. So, a quick wrap up. Before we have to finish up here, your tip for promotion in MPL2 in the men's and the women's. For promotion for MPL2, um, I am looking at either Mounties Wanderers or the Central Coast Mariners. If I had to, if you, if I had to choose for the men's, I think it will be Mounties Wanderers who gets promoted. For the women's, I'm going to say Marconi. And last but obviously not least, the, the winners of this year's competition in the men's and women's NPL1. NPL1, I I think it's going to be two horse races once again. I think the competition is going to be a lot closer than what it was um, last year. I think Sydney Olympic are going to be there or thereabouts. I think RP is probably going to drop back a little bit. Um, the same thing is probably going to happen with Blacktown City, but I see Sydney Olympic being the benchmark once again. In the women's, um, you know, flip a coin between Sydney University and, Ma- and MacArthur, but I don't see MacArthur lasting for much longer considering how old their squad is now starting to get. Well, thank you, Caruso. It's been a pleasure once again talking all things football with you. Obviously, that's the National Premier League that we've been talking about here on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, of course, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. And, of course, you can catch this uh, on repeat on podcast.com. That's podcast with an S, dot com. Caruso, thanks again for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Dom, and uh, thank you for having me once again. You've been listening to Splinters. My name is Dom Rizzuto. Until next time, stay sharp and play pretty. Good night. Good night.